Well, <clears throat> good afternoon. Come on, guys, let's celebrate again. Happy birthday to Jesus. You all look so handsome and pretty. Did I cover both sides? All right, good. Awesome. Well, as my wife said during worship, thank you all for joining us this, I want to say evening, because I know when we leave, it's going to be nighttime. But thank you for joining us for our highlight Christmas Eve worship experience. And um, how many of you done or are you finished with shopping? Show of hands. Wow. So you really got to get out of here because that's like 30 percent of you are finished. Um, I told the 2 p.m. experience that I got to go to Target and get some batteries because we got the toys, but we need size D and triple C and quadruple E and all these batteries. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm on the way to church and I look, I looked up Target and I'm like, what time do they close, man? I gotta, I gotta go preach. And uh, it's at 10 PM. So I got to get you guys out of here cause I got things to do, <laughs> but, um, Merry Christmas. Thank you all for showing up. Give yourselves a hand clap for coming today. All right. Well, Let's preach about the birth of our Savior. Um, Man, you know, there are a good number of organizations or companies that almost didn't make it uh, when they were starting out, one being Facebook. Uh, Mark Zuckerberg actually had a love for history and philosophy. And um, just over the course of time, he discovered a passion for social media and technology, so on and so forth. And uh, how many of you know, it, it's hard to think of life without Facebook. Don't bring me your church face. Like, don't be super holy. You know you love some Facebook. Or some Instagram. Instagram? Yeah, Instagram fan. Okay. Yeah. Instagram almost didn't make it either. There was uh, the founder. He, he, he actually, he's not from the U.S., but he moved here and he was on a temporary visa, and he needed just a little bit more time to create the app. And so um, Instagram almost didn't make it, um, but he was able to get his visa and uh, go ahead and create Instagram. They say the iPhone almost didn't make it either. How many iPhone owners, users? All right. The other, the other 50% of you are, you need to be here tonight because you're heathens. And so you need to get on the, the winning team. Mom, I love you. Hey, my mom's here, everybody. Let's show some love. Hey, Mom. Oh, I love you. Sorry, sweetie. Um, yes. So, um, yeah, these things almost didn't make it, but when they arrived, I mean, man, they, they, they came and they arrived, and they've taken over. Um, I have another story, too, about how Michael Jordan almost didn't sign with Nike. He wanted to go with Converse, um, but his mom forced him. And, but, man, when they arrived, they arrived as well. But it's almost like these things were predestined, like promise. Like you were not going to stop their arrival and their success, um, such is the case with the birth of Jesus. Um, by far the greatest man to ever live. We, we, we'd admit whether you believe in Christ or not, he's the most popular guy ever. 2,000 years in, we're still talking about him and 
uh, over 2 billion people pray to him and believe he's the only way to heaven. Like, he's that guy. Like, would we agree with that? Like, we're, we're in the checkout line, and his face is on Time Magazine right now, like, right there. And so, um, you know, there, there were some promises that predated his birth because he was predestined. Uh, I think of the, the ancient Jewish prophet Jacob, who talked about the birth of Christ 2,000 years before Jesus was born. And I think about guys like Micah, who was found in your Old Testament Bible. He talked about the birth of Jesus 750 years before he came on the scene. And I think about guys like Isaiah, who talked about Jesus the most. Um, He has 66 chapters in his book. Um, They call his book the the small Bible because the Bible has 66 books. And he talked about Jesus the most. And one of the most famous verses in all of the Bible, especially when it comes to Christmas, is Isaiah 9-6. For a child is born to us. A son is given to us. The government will will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Those are all nicknames for Jesus Christ. And so um, in your time of prayer, those of you who love to pray, you can can refer to him as Wonderful Counselor because he will counsel you. Mighty God, he'll come through. Uh, The Everlasting Father, he is eternal and the Prince of Peace. You can call on the name of Jesus and receive peace in a moment's time. And so today I want to bring a message to you entitled, Unstoppable Promise. Unstoppable Promise. He was coming, and there was nothing that the devil could do to stop him from coming to save you and I. There was nothing that Satan could do to stop his love for you. He was coming, and he came. And now he's in heaven on the right hand of God. Unstoppable promise. Join me in Luke chapter 1. Luke 1, let's go over to uh, verse 26. And let's start reading here. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth. So Elizabeth is the mother of John the Baptist. John the Baptist is Jesus' older cousin. He made a way, he preached about Jesus, he made a way for the Savior to step into his ministry. Elizabeth was like in her 60s or 70s, she was barren, Uh, God promised her a child, John the Baptist, and God is a miracle guy like that. So, verse 27, to a virgin named Mary, if you have kids, H.O. kids, we're just getting started, to a virgin named Mary, and it says this here, Um, She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Keep a note on that. That's going to be very important in about half an hour or so. Um, He was a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed. How so? You got an angel show up and say, Dude, like, you are awesome in God's sight. Like, you're great. And you're like, like you're confused and disturbed it says this here don't be afraid Mary the angel told her for you have found favor with God you will conceive and give birth to a son and you will name him Jesus he will be very great and will be called the son of the most high the Lord God will give him hold on the throne of his ancestor David 
So Joseph is a descendant of King David. Okay, we'll connect that later. And he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? I am a virgin. I haven't been with a man. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy. That word holy means set apart. I mean, Jesus only came into the world for, for one reason, and that was to save you and I. So he's set apart. That's what we call it, holy. Like we're saying you're set apart. You're, only you are the way to God. You are, the, you, are, you are salvation. You are Savior. Only you, Jesus. We, we're lifting you up. So that word means set apart. It means holy there. And it says this here, and he will be called Son of God, capital S, Son of God. That's important. Whenever you see capitalizations, it's referring to God and or Jesus and or the Holy Spirit. It's all three in one. Verse 36, what's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren. How many know what people said about you in 2018? They're not going to say about you in 2019. That a preach. We can go home right there. That feels good. I got to stop teaching so much and just preach. All right, here it is. But she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month. For nothing is impossible with God. We might preach that next Christmas. Verse 38 says this. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. So he gives a promise. But the promise involves our participation. God won't do it all. So I love her response. It says it here. It says, may every, uh, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel of the Lord dipped. <laughs> Slang for left her. Um, <laughs> so today I just feel like God has called me to declare promises over your life. Uh, I don't know if you've been with us over the past uh, month. We just got out of a a series on generosity. We talked about finances for a month, and um, church, you you brought that offering last Sunday, and um, I can't wait to share with you all the news on January the 6th. So we don't have service next Sunday. We do that so that our volunteers can get a rest. Um, so we'll see you in, t- in two weeks, but we take an end-of-the-year offering every year, and um, you came through. And so we're able to do a little bit more in our community before January 31st. We won't be able to do it tonight, but we're, we're going to be giving some more to our outreach partners, and I'll let you know all the details. But please do celebrate yourself, because when you get the number on January 6th, thank you for your faith and your faithfulness. But no, I just, I just believe that God has spoken things about you before you arrived on the scene. That's what I do know. That's what I do know. And so the first promise today is, is this, is that God will break through your limitations. God will break through your limitations. Um, so, so in January 2014, um, uh, my wife had a dream. And um, my wife had a dream. I'm sorry, my uncle's here. We're, we're an intimate group, so it's, a, you know, come on, Uncle Johnny. There you are. January uh, 2014 my wife had a dream and it was around 3 o'clock in the morning and um, 
there was this woman in a dark room sitting in a chair. She had this big book, and you thought it may, may have been the Bible. You don't know what it was, but, you know, dreams can be vague like that. But um, she was just screaming, 21 oceans, 21 oceans, 21 oceans, like in a, in a frantic. And so um, Kyra woke up. She fought to wake, wake up, and she went over to her phone. She typed in 21 oceans. And um, the first thing that Google led her to was 21 Oceans Avenue, uh, Rehoboth Beach, Delaware. And so God had already given me the, the dream and the vision of Highlight Church in 2012. We just didn't know where we, where we were going to start the church. And so we, we kept that in our pockets for a year, and I said, well, we'll, we'll take a trip in 2015. And so um, we took a trip, and I'm like, came to Delaware, and I'm like, it's not Delaware. I just, I don't, I don't feel Delaware. I don't, I don't sense that, Lord. But I was thinking about the word Rehoboth, 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 and I'm like, huh, Rehoboth, that's Hebrew. That's, that's in the... That's in the Old Testament. That's in Genesis, Rehoboth, Rehoboth. And so you got a guy named Abraham who's really, he's the reason we're here tonight. We're here for Jesus, but before Jesus, we have Abraham. God called Abraham out. Abraham was an idol worshiper. He did not know God. He was broken. He was a sinner. He wasn't even trying to follow God. God called Abraham, and he's like, I need you to leave your father's house need you to go and, and, and do, do this and do that. I'm going to bless you, and I'm going to use you to bless the entire earth. That's what he said to Abraham. When he said, I'm going to use you to bless the entire earth, that was a messianic prophecy of Jesus Christ. Messiah, sent one, anointed one, holy one. So this is, this is um, about 2,000 and so-and-so, about 2,700 years before the birth of Christ. So he was, telling, he was telling through Abraham, I'm going to use you to bring Christ into the world. So you have Abraham, and then when you start with Abraham, you have Judaism, Christianity, Islam. Abraham is the forefather of all three of those uh, major religious sects, okay? And so you have um, Abraham, uh, he promised him a son, and he said, you're going to have a son. Um, it took too long. It took 25 years to have Isaac. So in the process of time, Abraham took matters into his own hand. He had a son named Ishmael. Ishmael was born of a slave woman named Hagar, who was not a part of God's plan. So he brought him into the world, but Abraham had to kick Ishmael out. Ishmael would become the forefather of the Islamic faith. Okay? And they have 12 princes under Ishmael, Islam. All right? God said the promise will be through Isaac. Who's the promise? Jesus so you have Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. Jacob has 12 sons. Judah is one of those sons. You have the 12 tribes of Israel. Judah is the tribe that David was born through. Judah is the tribe that Joseph is a part of. And Judah is the tribe that Jesus came through. Okay? So he said the promise, Isaac. And so I'm like, this is in the Bible. I get to Genesis 26. I'm like, Rehoboth. So Abraham has died in Genesis 26. Isaac is looking for a place to settle. He's like, where can I settle? My dad's dead and all the enemies have, have it, has his land. Where do I settle? He found a place to settle and he named it Rehoboth, which means the vast expanse where we will flourish. So I said, hmm, it may not be Delaware, but what's around here? You got Maryland, you have Pennsylvania, Jersey. God, where are you sending us? And so I, I mixed that with this desire to pastor a very diverse church, and God led us to Maryland. 
in 2015, uh, early 2015. Fast forward to um, October 15, 2016. This is the night before we start our church, in which many of our parents were here on that day. And so um, it's 10 p.m., it's 11 p.m., it's almost midnight, and we are at our U-Haul storage facility. Because we need to get our truck and park it in the back so we can prepare for church in the morning. We're locked out. We're calling every single number. We, we are calling district. We're calling maintenance. We're calling regional. We're calling local. We're calling everyone. No one can get us into the U-Haul. So I said, I'm tired. It's cold. I'm hungry. I got to preach my first service in the morning. I'm about to pray. Chris, Lance, y'all do what it. I'm going to pray. Chow, whatever. Okay. I said, Lord, you promised us this land. You said thousands of people would come to know you through Highlight Church. Tomorrow we start public worship services. There's nothing that you can't do. There's nothing that you don't know. You know this, Lord. And so, Lord, I said, I command an angel of the Lord to open these doors in the name of Jesus. I don't mean to spook y'all out, but you got to talk to God if he's going to do something. And so little did I know, way in my home in North Potomac, because all is right up the street, but way in my home in Potomac, my, my wife and our lead administrator, Megan, they were praying, they were praying heaven down. And my wife said while she was in prayer, she saw a vision of a beam of light enter the atmosphere, enter Earth's atmosphere. And so after they stopped praying, about a minute afterwards, they call another number. I don't know, it may have been one of the same numbers, I don't know, but they call. Ding, 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 ding. Hello, my name is Isaac, how can I help you? The promise? You didn't say that, but, yeah, that's what you was thinking, like, the promise. We've been trying to get in for three and a half hours. Uh, My husband's there. Our team is there. He said, I am so sorry. Give me a minute. He said, have them swipe their card, punch in the code. The door will open. Chris swiped that card. We punched in the code. We ran. Man, I'm sure they had us on camera acting a fool. Like, this is a weird church. Cult-like activity. Like, and he just hung up. And this is what I want to say to you. Your ability to receive a promise from God is the first step in breaking through every limitation in your life. Your faith provides the atmosphere for the word of God to be planted, to take root, and to eventually one day bear fruit. And this book is filled with thousands of promises for your non-believing, believing self. So whatever end of the spectrum you're on, God says, I love you. I've called you. I've spoken a word over you. I want to prosper you. I want to bless you. I want to open doors that you can't open because I've promised it. So I don't know what the limits are, but I do know this. I know that Mary was a virgin 
that's a limitation. But what does she tell the, the angel, uh, chapter 1, verse 38? I receive it. I'm your servant. Do whatever. And that's what enabled her to conceive the promise. You got to conceive. You got to conceive the promise before you receive the promise. John 10.10 says this here. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life. That word their life is zoe in the Greek. It means I have come that they may thrive. And have it to the full. Je- this, is, this is what Christmas is all about. Jesus came so that you would break through the limitation of poverty, yeah. of addiction, yeah. of depression, yeah. of generational bondage, yeah. with the promise of life. That's the story of Christmas. Let's go over to Matthew 1. Is that all right? All right. All right. Glad you guys are here. We're almost done. Y'all don't like when I say that. Some of you. Um, and like, all right, I'm, I'm hungry. Now, ready to open some presents. You know, when you become an adult, especially a man, all you can have an expectation for is underwear. <laughs> Am I lying? No? Okay. Yeah. So I know I got me some good old socks in my stocking. So That's all I got. They won't have phones, Mom. Oh, boy. This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, this is how Jesus, the Messiah, was born. His mother, Mary, was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, her fiancé, was a good man and did not want to disgrace her publicly. So he decided to break the engagement quietly. Hmm. Can we look at this for a second? Because when you read it at face value, it's like, okay, he's trying to protect her. Let's read it again. Joseph, her fiancé, was a good man and did not want to disgrace her publicly. So he decided to break the engagement quietly. Right now I see the fear of man because Joseph's reputation in the community is on the line. If he was really a good man, he would have stuck by our side. So I see the fear of man. All right, let's keep reading here. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, Do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. And she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. The second promise is this, is that you don't have to live in fear. But before I build you up with that, I, I want to I make a few observations in the text. Is that okay? Um, we see Joseph, who we see he has a fear of man because he wants to put Mary away. But I also identify something else here. I identify the unhealthy fear of God. Now, we should fear God. The Bible talks about the fear of God, but not in a way where it's like, 
God, you're going to... No, it's honoring God. It's recognizing that God is creator. He is your supplier. He is your source. It's just worshiping God holy. That's, we should have reverence for God, but not unhealthy fear. The reason I say this is because the angel comes in a dream, and he has to tell him, don't be afraid. Why? Because God is omniscient. That means that God knows all things. So even though we don't see in the text that Joseph is afraid for a certain reason, we can ascertain that he's afraid for a certain reason. What is that reason? That reason is his inadequacy to step into the calling of God. He knows that he's not the guy. And the reason he feels inadequate is because the Bible says that he's a good man, but that doesn't make him a righteous man. He does good things. He adopts pets. He kisses babies. He changes their diapers and HL kids, and he puts a sticker on their diapers, and he sends them off with love. He's a good man, and the Bible says that our goodness is as of filthy rags. We can't earn righteousness with God through good works. It's only by faith in Jesus. So he's looking at the character of God through the lens of his brokenness. And what he's saying to God is is this. I can't step into this calling because not only is it going to destroy my reputation, it's going to destroy me. It's like this for you and I. Um, We know we're like Joseph. We all have a history. We all have a past. We all have a story. We all have a present. If you live long enough, you will have a story. You will have a testimony. So it's like this. God is saying, trust me. God is saying, stop. Don't, Don't go with that group. Break off that relationship. Trust me with your finances in this area. And when we look at that through the lens of our brokenness, we see it as something that is jeopardizing our destiny, not pulling us into our destiny. And so God doesn't want to break us. He wants to use us and fill us. And so we, 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 he's, he's looking at it through a very unhealthy lens. And so the angel says, son of David, don't be afraid. You know, I have two kids. Um, I have a four-year-old baby. Well, yeah. He's still my baby. He's my baby. And I have a 10-year-old. And about um, two months ago, my 10-year-old, we got a phone call from the school. And he did something that he did not learn from home. And I'm like, what were you thinking? We don't, we don't talk about those things. We don't. We don't do those things. I get it, kids talk, but I'm like, what in the world were you were you thinking? Do not call child services on me. I love my kid. The Bible says, spare the rod, spoil the child. But, amen. Someone said amen. That'll preach. Y'all just, y'all saying amen on weird stuff. I, I I'm going to come with a very practical message next Christmas and just say, hey, um, whoop your kids. <laughs> Jesus loves us. Let's go home. Y'all just amen and weird stuff. I'm talking about Abraham and Isaac. Y'all like, I thought it was about Jesus. 
It is about Jesus. All this entire story is about Jesus. It was about you and I. And so this is what, what it was. Um, made me lose my thought. So I called him in. I said, well, I'm not going to whoop him this time. I'm just going to pull him in to <laughs> instruct him and encourage him. Because that's what God would do. So the angel of the Lord said this to Joseph. He said, son of David, didn't I tell you? Don't be afraid. Now, who's David? Who's David? Well, David is a guy who God saw at the age of about nine or ten in a, in a sheepfold, taking care of sheep. He was a shepherd. And God said, I found a man after my own heart. He referred to him as a man even when he was nine years old because of his character. And David's name in Hebrew means beloved. So God is in love with David, just like he's in love with you and I. And so he raised David up. David became king, and he made a Davidic covenant with David. The word covenant means promise. This covenant or promise was unconditional, which means that what, no matter what David did, God was going to be faithful anyway. And the covenant was this. He said, your throne will endure forever, in which the birth of Jesus Christ would consummate that promise. So David gets this covenant with God. You can go to 2 Samuel chapter 7 if you read your Bible. A couple years later, David sleeps with a woman named Bathsheba. Bathsheba. He should have known that that was a bad idea. He should have renamed her bad idea. Because the Bible even says that he was, they were in a season where he should have been off at war. So you got to watch your mountain highs even more than you watch your valley lows. So when you're most susceptible to the enemy. He sleeps with Bathsheba. He has Uriah killed. Uriah is Bathsheba's husband. And so now you're a murderer, you're a liar, and you're so on and so forth. Okay? So God says, all right, I've made a promise, but you will suffer the consequences of your sin. He's a God of principle. I'm going to get you out of it. Someone's taking notes. You're blessing me. I'm going to get you out of it, but you got to grow through this. And in order to grow through this, you need to bear some of the consequences of your unhealthy decisions. Because he's a God of love. And so he says, your, your family will be broken, but I'm still going to, ooh, ooh, that just preached. But I'm still going to bring the promise through. So he has a son who rapes one of his daughters. Then he has another son, Absalom, who chases him out of the palace. And he's running from his son because he has the power to kill his son, but because it's his son, he will not kill his son. So his life is in disarray. Then he has another son named Solomon who becomes king. Solomon, book of Proverbs, he wrote some Psalms, he wrote the book of Ecclesiastes in his older age, giving us some wisdom, some nuggets on life. The Bible says he was the wisest man and the most richest man to ever live. I don't see how. Solomon had 700 wives and 300 concubines. The Bible is off the chain. I'm trying to find out where Solomon was so wise about that. Could my husband's testify? No. Okay. You're, you're, that preach. But it, you guys are hungry or something. 
So if we were to see Solomon, King David's at his best days, his kingdom, Israel, as a huge tree. By the time in which David was 1,000 years before Jesus, by the time we get to the prophet Isaiah, 300 years after David, 700 years before Jesus, this big tree of blessing. I mean, David was the greatest king Israel had ever had, but sin will cut you down. This big tree of blessing has now become a stump when Isaiah comes along. Son of David, don't be afraid. So Isaiah comes along and he promises this. 300 years after David, 700 years before Christ, Isaiah 11.1. 1. Out of the stump of David's family will grow a shoot. Son of David, don't be afraid. Will grow a shoot. Out of the stump will grow a shoot. Yes, a new branch bearing fruit from the old root. Now, the root is the Davidic promise. The branch, you see there, capital B, is Jesus. The fruit of the branch are you and I who are going to heaven because of Jesus. It's the fruit of a sinless life. Even though we're Joseph, he is Jesus. Even though Joseph is broken, Jesus is not. Even Joseph is a sinner, Jesus is sinless, and he took on our sin, and we are the fruit of the work and the life and the resurrection of Jesus Christ out of the stump, David's family. Now, who and what in the world is the shoot? This is what God showed me in my study time. I, know, I had never, a preacher had never shared this before, and this verse, God showed me that that shoot is Joseph. Seven, so forget the King David and the Messiah Jesus, like these big people. Wow. Ooh, y'all, y'all forgot the second point. Forget the King and the Messiah. Who in the world is the lowercase s? That shoot is Joseph. So Joseph is in a dream right now. Don't be afraid, son of David. David, that's my ancestor. David was broken. According to the stories my grandma told me and what the Bible says, David committed adultery and David stole and David lied and, and David had passed and David had a story and, and David and I'm broken, you're broken, we're broken, we all lie, we all sin, but God still chooses us anyway. He still loves you anyway. You're the shoot. I'm the shoot. You're Joseph. I'm Joseph. But he still chooses us anyway. He still has a calling and a purpose for our lives anyway. Out of the stump shall come a shoot. You are the shoot. You are the one that God is positioning to change the world. Don't be afraid, son of David. You have a purpose. I see it, and it's okay because I'm faithful. And not only am I a promise giver, I'm a promise keeper. 
So I don't know who lied to you and told you you weren't holy enough or what you did last year or what you did last night or what you did today, you know, keeps you from God. No, welcome to church. I've come to inform you that Jesus came for you, that you are loved, that there are promises for your life. And you're going to the top. 700 years before Joseph, he talks specifically about Joseph. David, Jesus, eh, impressive. Joseph, you and I are Joseph. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. So the bad news is, yes, Joseph is broken. But the good news is that Jesus was born. And he he said it. If you go back to the verse, we're not going to do that. But he said it. You will name him Jesus. Jesus was born to take away your sins, which means this, which means when we sin, God no longer sees us. He sees a son. And that's what you call grace. Grace is a free gift. It's unmerited favor. Let me let me get real. You don't stop sleeping with the person that you're not married to and then come to God. You come to God. Get the grace. Get the forgiveness. He'll change you. You don't stop the addiction and then come to God. You can't break the addiction in your own power. You need to come to God, break the addiction, get freedom Step into God's purpose, calling for your life. It's grace. So as your brother in Christ, before your pastor, as your friend, as someone you don't even know, thank you for coming here today. My encouragement to you is that God's grace is sufficient for your life. And you can come to him as you are. You're the sheep. You're the shoe. And it says this in Ephesians 1, 4. Even before, ooh, here's a promise. Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be set apart and without fault in his eyes. Even before he made the world, God chose you in Christ. And that's why Jesus came. Heaven left heaven to come to earth in order to bring earth to heaven. Jesus left heaven in order to bring you back to the Father. But not just back to the Father. Look at the verse. You are holy, which means you have a calling. So, Joseph, I need you to marry this girl. I need you to bring this baby into the world, and I need you to fulfill your purpose. You are the shoot. You are loved. You are chosen. You are blessed. Don't live in fear. It's all good between you and God. Let's praise the Lord for that. Matthew chapter 1. We'll finish our reading here, verse 22. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Prophet is a messenger of God.
filled with the Spirit of God to foretell what God has promised. And it says this here, Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded and took Mary as his wife. He stepped into his purpose. My last and final point for you today, our promise is this. God is with you, and that makes you unstoppable. This was an unstoppable promise given by an unstoppable God. And I don't know what's been limiting you or hindering you in 2018, but God says, I'm with you. If you just trust me and give me a chance, 2019 will be drastically better in 2018. You're unstoppable because God is with you. That is Christmas. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Now, with every head bowed, if you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, I want to give you an opportunity to accept him on this Christmas Eve. The greatest gift that you can receive is a transformed life. Tonight, you can make peace with God. You can be filled with his spirit and fully aware of his love. You are the shoot. I love it how God looks past our brokenness and our inadequacy. And he steps in and he says, I love you and I want you. And I've called you. So with every head bowed on the count of three, if you want to make Jesus the Lord of your life and heaven your home, just want to give you that opportunity. Raise your hand high. We're not going to embarrass you. We just want to pray with you as a church. One. Two. Don't let the enemy talk you out of this. Three, raise your hand high. Come into Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God bless you, church. Everyone, let's celebrate Jesus' birthday. Let's clap it up. Praise the Lord. I love you guys. and going to pray over you. Lord, we love you, and we give you all the glory and all the honor. Thank you once again for your son. Thank you, Jesus, that 2019 is going to be greater and brighter because of your faithfulness and your unstoppable promise. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen.